The Big 12 suffers a little bit of a black eye, but not so much in Boulder. And really, from the mountains onward, the Big 12 kind of got carried by some teams that aren't part of the original A, hateful A. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, at AllDayOState. Today, we're partially brought to you by FanDuel. There's a reason it is America's number one sportsbook betting partner, and we're bringing back a little bit of the Big 12 Mafia Mondays. Everybody, help me welcome Nathan Bomber-Brown back on the show. How are we doing today, my guy? I'm doing fine. How you doing, Cody? Good to see you. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling okay, okay? Uh, I'm not feeling super pumped because there was a couple black eyes, you know, in the eyes of the Big 12. Now, that's not to say Texas State's not a terrible team. Okay, but that that that's not a good look. That's not a good look at all. You know, Houston, Houston had the hardest, tough, the toughest test as far as like, you know, non-con for the most part, other than maybe obviously West Virginia, Penn State, some of the outliers, Utah, Florida. Right. And and they got it done. Like you got to give props to the fight in Dana's. They had a real test against a real team that could really beat them. Uh, and they showed up and, and found a way to play some pretty solid football. Both of us squeaked out a W. But for you, sir, uh, what, what do you think the big, biggest storylines for the Big 12 Week 1 were? Um, it, it was a mixed bag. I, I, I wasn't super impressed with uh, Texas 1, but they didn't look great. Kansas State looked fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really, I still think they're front runners. Uh, obviously, BYU, my my school, did not do well. I, I don't know what's going on with their offense. Uh, defense is is good. It's improved, um, and, and that they're good enough to keep them in the middle of the the league. But you got to score more points than that, and you, and you got to look better. And it, it certainly wasn't a uh, a good weekend for that. So Texas right. Tech and Baylor just, I don't know what to make of those schools. I mean, Baylor, I guess you might say they, they're coming off of a sort of middling year, but Texas Tech, I mean, a lot of people had picked them to possibly make the championship game. So, um, and, and Wyoming is no joke. You know, they can right. have some teams that, that can play well, but I think of all the teams in the entire league, the ones, the, the most underachieved, we're definitely Baylor and Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech surprised me. Taylor, uh, Tyler Shuck, he looked he looked okay, right? He didn't look bad. Um, I really did think that they would dip into the Baron Morton backup quarterback well over there in Lubbock. I personally right. think that Baron, Baron, I think Baron Morton's a little bit better than Tyler Shuck. So um, I'm, I'm a little surprised that we didn't see him. But yeah, that's a game you can't lose. And like you said, Wyoming's not bad. They're not bad. 
but they that's not a game they should win. It's no, just not at home. Yeah, no. that's not a game you should lose at home. No way. And, and Baylor I honestly think maybe the best Baylor team we've ever seen was two years ago. Two and three maybe. years ago. But that you know, they, but, hey, random that, might have might have peaked, you know. I mean that Wyoming crowd obviously, you know, got got behind their bo- their boys a little bit and it, it made it a little bit more intriguing. But yeah, dude, there's no way you can lose that game. Hey, Keaton Slovis, BYU, got his first rushing rushing touchdown of his career. There's 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 that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it with the glass half full. I guess it just meant that he couldn't complete a pass farther than about 12 yards. So I don't know. I, I, I honest, I'm praying that they wanted to really not show anything to the world on offense. And so they really kept, you know, everything under wraps on, you know, I can only hope that that was the reasoning, but, um, and they had a couple of receivers out. Uh, uh, their number one, I believe Cody Epps was held out for safety reasons. They just want to have him ready for the season, uh, in conference. So I don't know. Let's see. I was, I was happy with the defense, but, uh, you know, I thought TCU didn't play bad. They just ran into a very, very good Colorado team. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would give props to Houston as well. Texas, I, I still think is overrated and, um, Oklahoma. Uh, I again, I had picked them to get to the championship game as well. I I think they're going to be really, really good. Well, you know they did, and you know I'm I'm not going to speak glowingly of the team 71 miles south of us very often, but they did what you're supposed to do, right? right. They did precisely what you're supposed to do against uh, an inferior opponent, yeah. and they played like 71 players in the process, which is again, that is why you play these these weaker teams. Everybody. Yes country that's clamoring for bigger non-con yes we need that right everybody in all of football needs more more important non-con games but everybody's got to have a couple tune-up games now do i agree with the sec formula of having a tune-up game in week 10 no i don't agree with that formula whatsoever but nonetheless this is you know kind of the frustration for both us byu and oklahoma state fans our tune-up game uh we didn't tune anything up like yeah, we, it, I don't even know what you – I mean, what did – you tell me what you thought happened with Oklahoma State because that one confused well, the hell out of me too. I, I, I Unfortunately, I, I know what happened, and it is frustrating. What happened was we had a script, a four-quarter script. Well, it was series script. Each three quarterbacks was going to get four series, point-blank period, and that's all they got. All of them got four series individually. So they went with that model regardless of the score. And and again, right. I think it's a, I think it's a a decent model, right? You're showing the world we are having a legit competition. Here's everybody getting the equal amount of snaps and the equal amount of throws. You know what I mean? Kind of what do you think type of scenario? But at the same time, man, when it's fourth quarter, right, and you've only got a 13 point lead, 15 point lead, 17 point lead in a game that you're supposed to be playing all of your depth and showcasing that, like what OU did. Right. That's what we're supposed to do. I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the idea that we didn't break from the formula. I figured when they scored late in the third quarter that we would have been like, okay, this experiment is cool, but we need to go back to the quarterback that that was the most productive in the beginning. But we didn't, we didn't do that. So it's, um, I don't know, man. It's like we played regardless of the score a certain way. 
And, so, and it, if it would have cost us, right, it would have been one of the worst coaching. It would have been the worst coaching mistake in all of college football week one, right? That's If that game turns around and bites us in the wazoo because we stuck to the script and we didn't right. maneuver around the game, right, we'd be the talk of college football. But we we found a way to get it done even though we refused to break from the, the, the mold. That it's it's infuriating to some. Do you degree. think? Do you think that the um, the inclusion of these teams that are you, you know we we call them out of conference sort of easy win uh, weekends? Do you think that that in any way, shape, or form uh, affects whether we play and, and appear big big time? I mean, look at what the Pac-12 did. Right, they went out and went twelve and zero, and they played some some not necessarily easy non-con games and uh, beat everybody and i i think you know maybe the idea that you can just play any you know tom dick and harry the first couple weeks of the season even though you want to call them tune-up games if you don't if you don't have the edge right and this is something that byu has always struggled with always for 50 60 years they've struggled with this idea that they play down to their opponents always and uh, I'm just tired of it. You know, Baylor, uh, look, Baylor comes out and they play extremely tough last year. They have a great season after that. W- why not have really, really difficult home uh, out-of-conference games that uh, that challenge you? Otherwise, mm-hmm. you could be really screwed if you overlook your opponents. Next thing you know, either you find yourself losing a game you, you don't want to lose or more than likely you win it, but you even wins can look worse than losses in some cases. Yeah, man. When you have a tune-up game and you don't get tuned up or you get tuned up in the process, yeah, right. that can de- that can derail a season real quickly. Exactly. I do think it, it begs the, the, the question, do we, in the Big 12, kind of adjust the way that we view this tune-up style of, of, of scenario? Right. Uh, I think it's a very viable question. And we'll talk about it here in a second in conjunction with some of the ACC stuff, right? But real quick, I do have to let the fine people out here know that you can have a blast. You can have a ball without consuming alcoholic beverages. Athletic Brewing is the company that's going to allow you to do that. Don't let this game day pass you by without having the experience of the the tailgate and the grill and and all that in your very own backyard. Now's your time, right, to be the game changer for everybody around you by athletic brewing much like any coach player whatever they've completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game they make non-alcoholic beer non-alcoholic beers and actually taste good athletic brewing company has completely revolutionized this beer game for you they brew in over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer including ipas golden sours and more they're consistently releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety no hangovers ever. You get the athletic in store. You can go online and bars across the country, the fastest growing non alcoholic brewery in the United States. So get on board now. First time customers can use promo code locked on to get 15% off your first online order. Again, that's promo code locked on, all one word, at your checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. It's near beer. And exclusions and conditions to apply. Athletic Brewing Company, the right fit for all times. 
Okay, buddy, buddy. So the ACC, they're live. They did it as of now. They've staved off right this next round of, of madness. Good for them. Kudos for them. Do you think that this is their attempt at securing their future? Or do you think that it doesn't matter at the end of the day, we're going to have a shift anyways again in a couple of years? What do you think? I think the answer to both questions is yes. I, I okay. think that they have for the short term uh, staved off, you know, the death knell that is coming. But I also believe in what Paul Feinbaum said, and that is that uh, you're going to have schools walk and those are going to be the top end schools. And then you're going to end up with a conference like the Pac-12 would have been if they could have secured a, a media deal minus uh, uh, USC and Stanford. So I'm sorry, USC and, and UCLA. The the conference is going to be weaker because of it. And the the schools that are in that conference are going to have to make a decision, either join a stronger conference and be better than you would otherwise be or continue to hold serve and, and stay in a conference that's going to end up being weaker eventually. 2026 is going to be the, the time when the Florida States, the North Carolinas, the Clemsons are going to move. And I still can't understand North Carolina State voting against that. doesn't make any sense to me. Right, and uh, I I will never understand them voting against their own interest by bringing in schools that, if anything, it will weaken the conference, and um, it already just it it puts it already takes something that was a glaring problem, and it puts the spotlight on it, and and it just makes it even that much more obnoxious. And Florida State, North Carolina, and you and Cal, uh, Clemson are going to get out. And it's a matter of how, how soon that happens. I think it happens very, very quickly. Not this season, but um, if not in, in this next offseason, certainly before 25. Well, Mr. Nathan Bomber-Brown, I think you nailed it. And you know what? I am, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it, it is interesting that NC State would fold. I'm kind of curious, right? You always talk about being a fly on the wall. I'd like to know what concessions were made for NC State to go ahead and, and do that. and I. I think you're right. You're, they're betting against the future viability of themselves, which is a, a risky move. Right. And I definitely think that, yeah, this staves off you know the, this next initial round. But I agree as well that it's only temporary. It's a temporary Band-Aid because I think the most glaring tell is the concessions that are being made as far as the Olympic-level sports and stuff like that, right? So instead of traveling to the West Coast, uh, everybody's only good. The original ACC members are only going to have to go there every other year. And then yeah. in off years, Stanford is going to meet teams from the East coast in Dallas. And they're going to have home games in Dallas. They're going to all meet to, 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 to perform Olympic sports at SMU's facilities. So they don't have to go to the West coast. Like, it's such a rinky dink deal. And when you're when your fine print starts to starts to get as big as the contract itself, probably not a good sign for, for that concrete being mixed right. Well, and do you think this is the question? So the 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 fans of the schools that are currently fighting, you know, the idea of joining the Big Twelve, and I'll I use Pitt as the best example of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you have fans for Pitt that say absolutely never, never, never will we join the Big Twelve. We're a we're a, a a Big Ten SEC school. Well, uh, you and I both know better. The math doesn't work out that way. They don't. They're they're 
way down on any list, like they're eight or nine on any potential migration list to those conferences, and they will quit expanding before they would reach those schools. So are you willing to stay in an extremely weakened ACC versus moving to an extremely viable Big 12 and be a lot more relevant? And, and that's going to be the question they're going to have to answer when the eventual um, move for Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, and North Carolina, and Virginia, when those schools eventually do leave the ACC, are you going to stay with it just because you've told everybody in the under the sun that you'd never join the Big 12? Or are you going to be pragmatic and move where the money is going, which is to the Big 12? So I don't know the answer to that question. I think that would be insane to not move, but we've already seen schools that have decided that it's, they'd much rather be in a lesser situation just to feed their egos. So, you know, the, the Utah's, the Colorado's, the Arizona, Arizona state saw the writing on the wall. Why stay in a dying conference? It, 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 it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, man. Um, it, it, like I said, the, the, the whole ACC thing that they've got rock and rolling with all the concessions and stuff, it's, it's a glaring, it's a glaring issue. It's not going to go anywhere. And I, you saw recently, right. Uh, charter communications is having a disagreement with Disney and ESPN. So they cut yeah. off millions, millions of viewers and they can't come to an agreement because charter doesn't want to pay, you know, two years ago prices for linear TV. And it, it, right. it makes perfect sense. And, ESPN, I think typically, typically that's the move that where ESPN just says, listen, we're ESPN. This stuff needs to be on air. We can't afford to have millions of people miss out. Let's just get it done. But that's not what's happening. So behind the scenes, ESPN doesn't have extra money to be floating around. And I, and I know the ACC doesn't think that bringing these teams in are going to monetarily benefit them. That's why you've got SMU footing their own bill for nine years. Right. And you've got, you got Stanford and Cal taking a 30% share. Not that Stanford needs it. Stanford's already proven they have enough internal money to be independent. I mean, that's another thing that doesn't make a lot of sense. I get that Cal needs to be saved in this process, but if you're going to save Cal, why would you not save Oregon state? Oregon state's a way better product than Cal. It just, yeah, man, there's still some politicking. There's still some positioning being done. And another thing I'd like to bring up before we jump on to the next segment is if there, and I haven't seen a lot of it, okay, but if there's pit fans out there that are feeling so high and mighty that they're too good for the Big 12, goodness me, man, I, I find that beyond laughable. So we gave Utah a hard time. Because they were like, oh, we're too good for the Big 12. We'll never be in the Big 12. We don't want the Big 12, right? They end up in the Big 12, yada, yada, yada. But at least they had a complaint. They've been owning the Pac-12 for a few right. years now. They've right. got the best product in the Pac-12. So at least when they were you know, hooting and hollering about we're too good for the Big 12, at least they had something to stand on. Right. What, is, what, what, what is a Pitt fan's argument to them being too good for the Big 12? That is laughable. It'd be the same as Louisville. If there's a Louisville fan that's like, we're too good with Big 12. Well, you're probably too too drunk on alcoholic beer instead of this non-alcoholic beer floating around there. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make any logical sense, but you're dealing with these um administrators of these schools that have egos the size of the states they represent. I mean, it, if we learned anything over the last year, right, of realignment talk, it's that 
these educational people that are in charge of these universities, they, they're not thinking commercially. They're not thinking rationally. They're not thinking uh, common sensely. <laughs> they're thinking only about, <laughs> only about how they perceive themselves. And as far as Pitt is concerned, they internally believe they are a Big Ten uh, school. And just mm. like Utah did, yeah. um, but and that may come someday. That phone call might happen, but I I don't see it happening in the next decade, decade and a half. So why not be well, more pragmatic and and join a, a conference that would give you a better opportunity to position yourself to move up? Instead, you continue to think you're on your high horse and you're better than everybody. And I just don't I don't see the reason for that. Well, in that case, Pitt fans sound kind of dumb. Utah fans right now kind of don't look kind of good. Is that cause for concern um, that the, the best part of the Big 12 was the team's not exactly even in the Big 12 yet? But real quick, ladies and gentlemen, if you're trying to get your money right, not everybody in the country bets, but if you do, if you're not rock and roll and FanDuel, then you've probably got something a little bit off kilter in life. It's okay. We're here to help get you scored away. Guys, right now, you still need to go hammer the over on Oklahoma State because just like we done talked about, we can win 10 with Alan Bowman. We can win 10 with Gary Rangel. We can win over 7 with Gunnar Gundy 100%. With the NFL season, we also have incredible offers going on right now with $5 bet. You get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet the $5 will get $100 off on NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube, YouTube TV. Join now. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off your NFL and collegiate season with the offer you're not going to want to miss. Now is the best time to join. The app is super, super safe. Easy to use. You can bet on player spreads, money props, and more. Visit FanDuel today. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, the official partner of the NFL. All right, buddy. So to me, the bright side of the Big 12 over the weekend was prime time. And yep. Utah. Yep. Utah made Florida look like a very pedestrian squad, which I kind of hated for Billy, Billy Napier. I like Billy Napier. I don't think he's going to get enough time at Florida, um, maybe, to to prove how good of a coach he, he could potentially possibly be. But Utah manhandled them, buddy. They took them behind the woodshed. They controlled almost every facet of the game. That was beautiful to see. And Coach Pride time, they've got a top 25 offense. Yeah, I mean, Colorado – Look, get out of the way. That that Shadur Sanders is something else. I watched the the prime um, YouTube, or sorry, it was on Amazon uh, documentary that he put together last year for to cover the last uh, Jackson State season, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they look good, right? I mean, they but right. you you knew their competition wasn't anything level, and now that we're actually seeing them with peer type skill uh, skill position people around them. Uh, Look, Travis Hunter is an absolute stud. If he doesn't yeah. win the Heisman, people are doing something to not vote for the guy. He played 110 snaps. That's insane at, at this level of college football anymore. And uh, uh, Shadur Sanders is uh, the, guy, the kid. It, it, I thought Joe Clad had the best line. They, he said that 
he's the smartest guy on the field at the time that he's he's playing quarterback from play to play and he was the smartest player on the field um i have never been more impressed by a first time uh coach and the team came to play i was one of these guys that picked them to win maybe four games oh really i was totally wrong i i, I totally admit that i i repent my mistake and uh, I, I won't say that again ever. Even if they only win four games, I will uh, will have said that they've impressed. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to challenge that conference at the top. And yeah. if the defense can come along, um, Travis Hunter is going to have eight or nine interceptions. It, it's going to be insane. As far as Utah goes, yeah, they played well. I I I, I still think though that Billy Napier is not getting the best out of his players. He's he's gotten uh, two years in a row he's had top 5 recruiting classes and they they don't play together. I I don't understand the defense that they, they were completely lost out there. Utah played extremely well, but right. Florida did themselves no favors. They came out and they just didn't look like they were ready to play. And once you get punched in the mouth if you don't come up into the game prepared, you're going to get worked, and that's what happened. So I think both those schools did a fantastic job this last week, and um, they're both going to contend. I really believe that. USC is a paper tiger. Their defense is horrible. Um, uh, Oregon State is going to be really good. Uh, yeah, Washington put a thumping on Boise State. Boise State's no joke. They have a good team. Um, so Pac-12 did really, really well. I was impressed. I agree. And you know what? So that's the, as far as if I'm hitting the cause for concern button uh, a little bit, obviously, right. You would be unintelligent in the game of football. If you didn't have a little bit of concern for the strength of the big 12, this particular season, but I think more than anything, it's cause for excitement because uh Deion Sanders roster next year, it's going to look different than this year's roster. It will. And clearly, this year's roster, now defensively, yeah, they've got some work to, to do. But it's not like TCU's a bad offense. TCU's defense, you know, I, they're obviously not great, but it just proved that when you've got a few All-American-type dudes, and Colorado definitely does, they got an All-American receiver, All-American quarterback, All-American running back, they have all that. When you have those three at your disposal, you know, you're going to be able to catch some people off guard. Now, I had I had Colorado in the five to seven win category. After watching that game, you got to start having a conversation about, okay, is eight wins a possibility, right? Because they're going to sneak up, obviously, and bite some people that are not expecting it. And, and you mentioned the paper tiger aspect of USC. I agree. I, that, that, that offense is going to be prepared, and they're going to be prepared to, to take U, USC to the woodshed. So if they can prevent, defensively from Caleb Williams going too crazy, he's going to do his thing, right? So you're going to have to minimize the other guys. Right. And if you're able to do that, man, you're right, man. Colorado's going to cause some, some problems, but I think that that bodes well for the future of the conference. Like I oh, know Utah's, oh my gosh, got, yes. Utah's got like 30 seniors, right? So I know this is a big year for them. Um, but, if they're uber successful, if they win another Pac-12 title coming into the Big 12, right, and everybody right. knows that the Big 12 has a seat at the big boy table, the recruiting is going to get better. We already know Colorado's recruiting is going to get better instantaneously. That game right. by itself is going to land them a couple kids that were, you know, 50-50 on Colorado. It just, well, it's just of, the way of the world. 
And think about the out of the four schools coming into the Big 12 um, from the Pac-12, uh, three of them really impressed. I thought Arizona played well. I thought that uh, Utah and Colorado both played well. Uh, now, Arizona State didn't play well. No. Uh, but, but you know what? They played a sneaky, good Southern Utah team that always is one of those pesky teams that just sort of hangs around with you. So uh, I would I would say that next year, the Big 12, if the rest of the schools continue to stay on the trajectory they're on, mm-hmm. it is absolutely going to be a, a fireball of a conference next year. It's going to be amazing to see where these different schools can go. And you could easily say, we're going to be at 12 teams. You could have three or four teams from the Big 12 going to the uh, college football playoff. That's how good that con- the conference is going to be next year. I like it. Well, after this week one, as far as the current Big 12 is concerned, yeah, shout out to – I also, if we're talking about good offenses, buddy, I got to give a shout out to Cincinnati. That offense yeah. was legitimate. That yeah, they did. Cincinnati good. played well as well. Yeah, I, I don't, and I don't want to miss miscount that. Uh, UCF oh, know, played yeah. really well too. UCF, yeah, all, all, it, it looked really good as well. All four of the newcomers got yeah. it done. All four of the new newcomers got it done. It was a couple of the old heads that 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 pooped the bed, right? And Baylor, Baylor yeah. looked like it was bad. That was ugly. Texas State's not bad, but that's not that's never a game that a Big Twelve school should lose. Iowa State probably played a little bit better than most people had anticipated with all the turmoil they're they're going through. West Virginia didn't play bad. No, West Virginia bad. actually, yeah, Penn State is number two or something, right? And and then land. So uh, Penn State is no no joke. I thought West Virginia did fine actually. They, they're going to be a lot better than people picked them to be. Uh, I think they're going to win a lot more games than people think they will. And you know, again, not to prop up, but. OU raised some eyebrows. OU nationally yes. is going to have people like, oh, okay, well, because people are going to say, you know, they beat a nobody school, but a lot of us played nobody schools. Yes. And a lot of us had a hard time with these yes. nobody schools. Yep. Yeah. That's, so I that's think Oklahoma is going to be, they're going to be extremely tough. They are going to be very, very tough. If BYU doesn't toughen up, uh, my pick a, a winning in November is going to be a laughing stock. So we'll have to see. Because Oklahoma looks extremely good. Well, buddy, I got to go. My my boy's in a a town parade, right? Okay. Rocking his football gear. So I'm going to go grab the daughter up and we're going to go mess with Tim. But let the fine people out here know how they can reach you, how they can see you. Hit it. All right. So uh, appreciate you having me on, Cody. I really appreciate it. These Big 12 Mafia Mondays are very fun for me. So thank you very much for having me on. Everybody, you can find me on uh, Big 12 Mafia on YouTube. Also on the Holy Rivals on YouTube. Both shows uh, appear weekly. Uh, We have a show tonight on the Holy Rivals at um, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we're going to be rehashing all this last weekend's football and really doing some commiserating about BYU and uh, we're going to be glorifying Utah and it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, please join us. And then obviously you can go to my handles there on Twitter uh, where I try to keep up, but there's so much news. I I can't, I can't compete with some of these guys that are constantly tweeting every weekend. Well, (laughs) you know what? Make sure you give your buddy and my buddy, old Clark Kent himself uh, a hard time there. I will. Uh, I try. I tried to get him on last night. It was really, really last minute, but uh, I was going to give him his roses. Yeah, man, I'm. I'm excited to see you know what Utah is able to do this season. Uh, I, I. I think it would 
be beneficial for them to win the Pac-12, you know, yes. coming into the Big 12, just Absolutely. like I think it would be beneficial for somebody not named OU in Texas in the Big 12 title game this year. I don't think that would be a great look, right? But Agreed. if the Pac-12 wins the or Utah wins the Pac-12 and one of the Big 12 teams coming back wins the Big 12, yeah, I think that's a very good marketing campaign and a launching point for Brett Yormark to do bigger and better things in the future. Hey, man, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, Big 12 Mafia Mondays was pretty pretty daggone cool. Life pops up. I know we're, we're both fairly busy individuals, so I appreciate your time. Everybody go check out Nathan. Go check out Holy Rivals. Give Wild Ute uh, a hard time for me as well. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's what we're going to have for this one right here. I appreciate you, buddy. You bet. Thank no you, problem. Nate. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate it. Everybody, you know the drill. God bless. Go Pokes. And until um, next time. Later, taters.